0: Listen to the Anarchist Woolworths Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Now, all those listeners who think they're going to be saved by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, think again. Now, last week, while the rest of Australia was listening to my dulcet tones and my analysis and the latest things that were happening around the world, most of it, obviously, nobody listens to, but a few of you did listen to it, which is good. But the important thing was that uh, I was trying to raise money during the 3CR radio phone. 3CR is the radical radio station, which the anarchist world this week is broadcast from in Melbourne and to keep 3CR on air. Now, a lot of people tell me, well... Radio isn't important anymore and other people tell me, well, the ABC is going to save us. Well, I'm going to give you a few facts about the new ABC in inverted commas. When the new managing director talks about diversity, increasing diversity, what he is talking about is constraining debate, ensuring that right-wing forces and conservative reactionary forces dominate the current affairs sections of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, and especially the political commentary. Now, if you think I'm making this up, one of the top news um, reporters or news presenters on Fox News, I think his name's Mr Spears, will be taking over from Barry Cassidy as a senior political reporter in the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. So if you think community radio is irrelevant... Think again, radio is as relevant today in 2019 as it ever was. Now, I was trying to raise $10,000 from Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne and currently my subtotal is $9,243.52. Don't ask me where the 52 cents come from. I find out who gave that 52 cents... I'll be coughing up the other 48 cents. Now I'm, I feel in a good mood today. I'm going to throw in the 48 cents, so I would like you to ring up oh three nine four one nine eight three double seven right now. oh three nine four one nine eight three double seven and pledge to keep 3CR, which is the radio station from which the anarchist will this week is broadcast on air for another 12 months and those of you who pay income tax let's not forget that every donation of two dollars and over every pledge of two dollars and over is a tax deduction as the 30th of june is coming up why let the government determine where your taxes go you should determine that to some degree like all the rich and powerful and famous who set up institutes to look after themselves so that number again, and I'd like to see all these lights light up, and we need seven hundred and fifty six dollars is nine oh three nine four one nine eight three double seven. The thing about Community Radio 3CR is it does not rely on government grants to survive. It has no paid advertising. It relies on its listeners and the yearly radio font to broadcast, and it's been broadcasting for 43 years, and I've been broadcasting various uh, elements of the anarchist world this week for the last 42 years on Community Radio 3CR. So As I said before, I'm trying to raise $10,000 to keep 3CR on air. We need $756. We fell $756 short. That number is 039 and especially if you pay income tax and you need a legal, legitimate tax deduction, this is a great way to get it. And if you wonder what anarchism is all about, anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power and which allow all people access to society's wealth. It's a simple concept. It's about the struggle to devolve power. That means share power. And we can share power by direct democratic means. And it's a struggle to share wealth. It's a simple concept. There is nothing radical about anarchism. It is so simple, so straightforward, so logical. An anarchist society provides security to the people, every individual in that society, not just in terms of protection, but in terms of their ability, that's right, their ability to... You know, their ability to create, their ability to fulfill themselves, their ability to find their potential as human beings. Not like the type of society we have today, where we find that many people, because of economic inequality and inequalities in wealth, find that they are not able to participate in society and give their maximum contribution to society as a whole. There is nothing, nothing whatsoever utopian about anarchism. It is a very practical philosophy. What is more utopian than giving power, whether economic or political, to an individual or a group of people or a small group of people or a minority so that they... You put your faith in them that they will then, you know, do the right thing by you. Anarchism is about sharing that power and sharing that wealth. It is, I am proud. I've been an anarchist since I was 16. I'm nearly 68. I've been proud to have been an anarchist for the last 52 years. And I've been proud to be part of that struggle to ensure that we create an egalitarian Community. Now, some interesting look. The great thing about Australian 2019 is the comedy hour. The economic comedy garbage we hear on a day-to-day basis, in every form, in the corporate-owned media, the government geld at ABC, and all forms of uh, platforms in the World Wide Web. All forms of platform. Now, currently, after the brilliant election we've just had, Australians are facing a recession. And that recession is going to be born by small business. It's going to be born by casual workers. It's going to be born by part-time workers. And it's going to be born, the pain is going to be born, by that 33% of Australians who rely on social security benefits to survive they will wear that pain we are already seeing that 1% of mortgages in this country are in default we are already seeing an increased numbers of small businesses as we you know as we come to the end of the financial year facing bankruptcy and we've never seen debt collection agencies more um, busy. We now have the ridiculous situation with the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne and other big public hospitals around the country, especially New South Wales, Melbourne and South Australia, to a significant degree, are complaining that people are dying of hypothermia. And that is a very simple concept. Hypothermia means when your blood, when your body, um, when the temperature of your blood is so low, you die. So elderly people are in a position where they will not turn on the gas or not turn on the heater because they know they will not be able to pay their heating bill and people are dying in this country. Wage growth. There is no wage growth. There will be no wage growth while unions are legalized out of business. I'll give you an example. Now everybody's carrying on about Mr. Skeeter, John Ske, Ske- Skeeter Sketa whatever he's he T A. A, all right? The um, head, the secretary of the uh, CFM. MEU in Victoria about a comment he may or may not have made, a comment he denies he made, okay? At the same time, the Prime Minister of this country comes out and says that whoever replaces Mr Setka, if somebody replaced him in the CFM MEU, they would be a fug, a trade union fug. No moral outrage about the Prime Minister of this country calling hard-working trade unionists who are trying to improve the lot of their members fugs, Extraordinary. No moral outrage in the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the government gelded Australian Broadcasting Corporation, when people are dying of hypothermia in this country because they can't pay their bills. No moral outrage in this country when people on... New start allowances are left with about 10 to15 dollars a day to meet their basic needs after they pay rent. Where is the moral outrage? There is no moral outrage in this country when tens of thousands of people are homeless, couch surfing, living in the open, or living in, you know, overcrowded hostels, which charges outrageous rents. It's just quite an extraordinary... What an extraordinary situation we have in this country. When you have moral outrage, when a trade union leader who was elected by his members, not by the ACTU, not by the Morrison government, not by the unaccountable government geld at ABC and the corporate-owned media, including you know all these so-called liberal newspapers around this country. Not them. Where is the moral outrage when 700,000 children live in poverty in this country? Where is the moral outrage when asylum seekers and refugees who have made it to these shores, not just the ones incarcerated on Manus Island and Nauru for over six years now for having the audacity to ask for asylum, where is that moral outrage? It's not there. But when a trade union leader who's an activist and a radical has been verballed. Verbal, no evidence of him saying, you know, de- derogatory comments about, you know, the uh, activist Rose Batty. No evidence. Taken up by the media, pushed by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, highlighted by the corporate owned media, taken up by the fug of, the, of our Prime Minister, a man who thinks trade unionists are all fugs. Where's the moral outrage? There's no moral outrage. As far as the corporate-owned media is concerned, they are responsible for the situation. As far as the government-gelded ABC is concerned, they're all worried about their short-term contracts. All those so-called independent voices, all those people who claim that somehow they speak for the people of this country. When somebody's you know, alleged to have said... A word in a private meeting, moral outrage. Bring out the gibbet. Bring out the guillotine. Bring out the scaffold. But when it comes to these more hugely important issues in our society, nothing. 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 Day after day, week after week, year after year, nothing occasionally it bursts to the surface and then it just disappears. Just like, you know, a hot spring. Boom, up in the air, disappears. Banking Royal Commission, the scum responsible for destroying the lives of tens of thousands of people in this country, continue to operate their little machines as if nothing is happening. When people lie, Lie, have political campaigns which are based on outright lies, like Liberal National Party was, and win office. What do we have? Everybody kowtowing to these people, people in authority, doffing their hats, getting on their knees, waiting to be knighted. Where is the moral outrage? Fake moral outrage is the game of the day. But moral outrage regarding the situation we find ourselves in where private schools get more money from government at the federal and state level, especially the federal level, than public schools. With the 700,000 children living in poverty are the schools they go to. Where is the moral outrage? Oh, there was moral outrage Regarding removing the ability of investors to own two or three homes and legally claim a tax deduction, was there moral outrage? You could hear it from the rooftops. Was there moral outrage when stock market owners, investors, you know, in the stock market? would lose their franking credits, which is a free gift from the government, which totals $21 $21 million a day. While I do this program, while I do this program, $900,000 of taxpayers' money will go towards franking credits. Where is the moral outrage? It is not there. And if you think that over the next three years the government gelded ABC is going to save your bacon, it will not. It is community radio. It is programs like this which are broadcast nationally on the community radio network like the anarchist world this week. We are the types of programs which keep governments on their feet because we... Not only have moral outrage, we attempt to organise events in order to highlight that outrage, to highlight those inequalities and solve that issue. I'll give you an example. Public housing everybody's business. Public housing everybody's business. We're holding a twenty four hour vigil on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House on Friday the winter solstice, the shortest and possibly the coldest day of the year, to highlight the plight of the lack of public housing and the increasing levels of housing insecurity, increasing rents, increasing homelessness, increasing housing prices, to highlight that issue. So we will be there at one minute past midnight Friday morning. That's right, Friday morning, one minute past midnight, Friday morning, in the dark, in the cold, and if it's raining, we'll still be there. And we will be there till one minute to midnight, Friday night, the whole of the 21st of June, the winter solstice. And while we are on that step of Parliament, Victorian Parliament, just down 50 metres, 100 metres, there'll be people sleeping rough on the coldest day of the year, the shortest day of the year. And if you're worried about a bit of rain or a bit of cold or about a wind, bit of wind, this is what this vigil is all about. Because those steps we'll be occupying, those steps of the Victorian Parliament House, Those steps are steps to a home. Hashtag steps to a home. They are steps to a home. There are 80 members of the Legislative Assembly in the Victorian Parliament. Sorry, 88 members of the Legislative Assembly and 40 in the Legislative Council. If legislation was passed in that Parliament, which reflects the essence of our campaign to quarantine property stamp duty revenue for public housing, you could resolve homelessness in Victoria within a month because that's $6 billion a year towards public housing. You could house everybody on the waiting list, right? Everybody on the waiting list. You could resolve that issue within a year. And if in a decade, if Victorian stamp duty revenue, residential revenue, housing revenue, stamp duty, was given, was quarantined for public housing, you could house a million Victorians in a decade. And you don't have to build huge apartment complex. You can spot purchase. And as more people enter public housing... There is less demand for rental properties. As the demand falls, investors move out. Rental property prices drop. Rents drop. So investors get burnt. Who cares? But at least people, people are housed. So I'm not asking you to come for 24 hours on the 21st of June. But we will be there from one minute past midnight Friday the 21st of June, to one minute to midnight, Friday the 21st of June. So come and join us and make public housing an issue in a state which has had a Labor government for the last, I think, 10 of the last 14 years, a state in Victoria, which has done everything it can to privatise public housing. And the same issues exist in most other states in this community. You listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. Okay, let's move on. Now, we like to think of ourselves as a very civilised nation, don't we? Well, let's not look at our history. That's, that's a no-no. We don't want to look at that. That's not very pleasant. But we are very family-friendly, aren't we? I mean, there's all this garbage about working families and we're standing up there for families and we're doing this for families and we're doing that for families. Well, you may find this hard to believe. Even I found it a bit hard to believe. But... As far as the Western world is concerned, and many other places in the world, we are one of the least family-friendly places on the planet. As a direct consequence of the privatisation, globalisation, corporatization, deregulation revolution that has swept these country over the last four decades... What we have seen is us fall behind in many areas and nothing highlights this more than the fact that when you look at the top 42 countries in the world that provide family leave for women who've had children, Estonia comes number one. That's right, little Estonia, a little Baltic state with 85 weeks paid parental leave. Well, Australia comes 41st, just ahead of the United States, which is what you'd expect in the United States. Think about it. Think about it. Next time somebody tells you what a wonderful place this is and how we're so family-friendly... Think about it. Think of the situation we find ourselves in. Nice fact and figure you can throw in in a little debate about how f- friendly our... I mean, it's ludicrous. The government is now going to offer tax cuts, right? Not just to people on average incomes and low incomes, but huge tax cuts for people earning more than $180,000 a year, which are going to cost hundreds, billions, $158 billion to the economy over the next, what, 10 years, Okay, There's no wage growth. The Reserve Bank is lowering interest rates as fast as it can to stimulate a moribund economy. There's no jobs for all those people in Queensland who think it's just, you know, the fact they've, you know, they overwhelmingly elected a Liberal National Party government in Queensland, you know? almost every seat bar five and three senators, you know, out of six, who think there's all going to be these jobs. There's no jobs. At the very best, a Darnie mine, whose very economic future is questionable, will provide a thousand jobs. Yesterday, the South Australian government, the South Australian government budget, we were told, that's right, we were told, that there would be 1,500 public servants lose their jobs. And in the New South Wales budget, we were told 2,500 public servants would lose their jobs, but we were always told it never has any um, effect on frontline services. What a load of crap. You try to call any government department, especially Centrelink, and get an answer to a question, let alone get through, unless you've got the whole day to waste... And you'll know what I'm talking about. Just extraordinary. Totally extraordinary. Unbelievably extraordinary. So where are the jobs going to come from? hmm? An infrastructure program which will come and go? Of course not. Temporary jobs. Put up a few apartment buildings. Remove the regulations. Let them fall down. It's extraordinary, isn't it? This deregulation revolution. If you're an investor, right? Let's pretend you and I are investors, and we want to build an apartment block to sell to you know losers like you and me. Okay, or rent, more appropriately. Well, you know when it comes to building inspections, there's no government building inspectors. They don't exist. You pay somebody to inspect the building. That's right, in the private marketplace. So what do you do? You find a friendly building inspector is willing to turn a blind eye, not put down the shortcuts, let the building go up as quickly as possible to maximise profits. And then when cracks appear, which can be pretty dangerous a decade later, well, all those companies have disappeared. It's the problem of the people who bought the apartment. And if you've got fire cladding issues, it's their problem. Not the builders, they've disappeared. Not the building inspectors who ticked it off as they got their money. This is what happens when you self-regulate. When you self-regulate a system which is based on one principle Capitalism is based on one principle and that principle is very simple that principle is to maximise profits for your major shareholders irrespective of the human social and environmental costs, that's right human social and environmental costs they're irrelevant that is the essence of corporate behaviour you don't make a buck for your shareholders they move on to the next company they don't care about the company all they care about is their returns that's the nature of an investor they have no long term interest in anything except the balance in their bank account at the end of the week That's the essence of capitalism. And we are supposed to build a society based on this. And then, and this is what I find ludicrous, we are supposed to sacrifice the lives of our children to fight to keep this system going. Give me a break. Look at the United States at the minute. Look, I usually don't do much international stuff, but I've got it today. I've got it. Look at the United States. Incredible country, incredible president, bully par extraordinaire. Never learnt the lessons of history, never learnt the lessons of the Vietnam War, which they lost, but which caused the deaths of over almost 100,000 Americans and Australians and other so-called colleagues, and the deaths of over 3 million Vietnamese, and the weapons of mass destruction, which never existed, which has caused the deaths of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people in this in, in the Middle East, which saw the spawning of and the growth of Islamic State, an offshoot of the Saudi Arabian government, and currently we are seeing the United States try to use its economic muscle, its fading economic muscle, its fading economic muscle. To put pressure on states around the world which will not play ball with it. Venezuela is a you know, is a current example. Cuba, which has had sanctions reimposed on it and cruise ships driven out at a twenty four hours notice. North Korea, which has shown you how to play the Trumpy Boy. Iran, which has been hit by severe sanctions as America's main allies in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia and Israel jump up and down, wanting the US of A to go in there and teach the Iranians a lesson. And then we have the human liquefier, the so-called leader of uh, Saudi Arabia, an ugly, ugly feudal monarch, in charge of a country that publicly beheads people and then crucifies their corpses because you know they've criticized the government or sends out a hit team sends out a hit team sends out a hit team to liquefy that's right liquefy A journalist who's who's airing the dirty linen. Not just murder and dismember, but liquefy the body as if they never existed. Think about it. Then telling Mexico that if you don't stop these immigrants coming from Guatemala, we are going to put tariffs on you, trying to, you know, shirt front the Chinese and Russians... How many fronts, and the Canadians, believe it or not, how many fronts do they think they can open up? This dying bully, which since the Second World War has been responsible for coup, counter-coup, deaths in the hundreds of thousands, in order to ensure that capitalism, corporate capitalism, that political, social, and cultural philosophy, which is based on the creation of ever increasing profits, irrespective of the human social costs. You know? Extraordinary. And we're supposed to believe the propaganda, believe the fake news, believe it all, because we've been told, like we were told, the weapons of mass destruction are real. You know, the thing about Saudi Arabia trying to be the huge power, this feudal monarch, which has been bolstered and supported by the United States of America for decades, this ugly, evil, feudal monarchy, which oppresses its people, executes them, you know, for daring to speak up, fosters wars in Yemen and the rest of the Middle East, using their oil money to hire mercenaries, trying to stop the Sudanese social revolution from marching forward because they need Sudanese troops to do their dirty work. And the problem with the Saudi Arabian feudal monarchy is they're the typical type of leader. They want you to sacrifice your sons and daughters for them. Never in a fit would they consider sacrificing their sons and daughters to maintain their authority? Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. Now, I've had some number of calls as I've been uh, broadcasting. I want to. Uh, I'd like people to ring up. Pledge to the Anarchist Will this week. We're trying to get another about 700 bucks, 670 bucks. Give us a call, no, 039 Pledge money to Community Radio 3CR. Keep it on air. Keep the Anarchist Will this week on air for another 12 months. Keep it broadcasting via the Community Radio Network. Keep it broadcasting locally. Keep it on the uh, web. Keep it the podcasts going. Give us a ring, 039 419 8377. Now, once again, I'll I'll go through the public vigil. It's very simple. The public vigil is very simple. Public housing, everybody's business vigil, will be occurring on the steps of the Victorian Parliament on Friday the 21st of June, which is the winter solstice. Friday the 21st of June It starts at one minute past midnight on Friday morning That's in the middle of the dark It's dark, it's cold, it's windy That's the whole point of having the vigil on the winter solstice To highlight how homeless people in this country Are expected to survive during the middle of winter So it starts at one minute past midnight on Friday the 21st of June and it ends at one minute to midnight at the end of the 21st of June. So that's the beginning of Saturday. So it's all day Friday starting at one minute past midnight, so you've got Thursday, the beginning of Friday, all day Friday, and Friday till midnight. So it is for the whole winter solstice, which is the 21st of June. It is not on Thursday. It is not on Saturday. So it starts at one minute past midnight on Friday the 21st of June and stops at one minute to midnight on Saturday, uh, on Friday the 21st of June, which is midnight Saturday, for all intentional purposes, that whole 24 hours, the winter solstice. Look it up, 21st of June. Here we go. Anarchist will This Week, broadcast by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Now, I think the Senate numbers as been finalised now there are 40 Senate seats up for grab at uh, the election in May there are 76 Senate seats in total if you're elected to the Senate you're elected for a six year term there are 12 Senators from each state there's 12 Senators from Tasmania, 12 from Victoria, 12 from New South Wales, 12 from Queensland, 12 from South Australia and 12 from West Australia. That makes 72. Then there are two Senators from the Australian Capital Territory and two Senators from the uh, Northern Territory, which makes a grand total of 36. In order to pass legislation in the Senate, you need 39 senators out of 76 to vote for that piece of legislation. So what's the wash-up of the last federal election? Well, as far as I can ascertain, and I'm quite happy to be proved wrong, It's a lot harder than you think trying to find out this information. spent hours trying to track it down yesterday. The Liberal National Party has 35 senators in the Senate. The biggest block, 35 senators. Now, remember, the magic number is 39. The Australian Labor Party... And the Greens have thirty-five senators. There are nine Green senators and twenty-six Labour Party senators, okay? So the Liberal National Party and the Australian and the Australian Labour Party and the Greens have thirty-five senators each. That leaves six senators. Now, one nation has two senators from Queensland. That's their heartland. Queensland. So one nation, commonly known as divided nations in my circle, has two senators. The Centre Alliance, which is basically uh, based in South Australia, which is part of the old uh, Xenophon Party, has two senators in the Senate. That makes seventy-four. The Australian Conservatives has one senator in the Senate. In the Senate, that makes seventy-five. That's based from South Australia, and the Jackie Lambie network has won one Senate seat, right from Tasmania. That makes up to seventy-six. Now, obviously, on most uh, legislation. The Australian Conservative Senator, Senator, uh, I think it's Bernardi, and the two One Nation Senators, Senator Pauline Hanson and her sidekick, normally 95% of cases side with the federal government, giving them 38 senators, which is one short of the magic number of 39. So this means that the balance of power to a significant degree lies in the hands of the Centre Alliance and the Jackie Lambie Network. If either of those, one of those senators, of those three senators, sides with the government, they then have a majority in the Senate and legislation is passed. So I can actually see a situation in 12 to 18 months' time where the Morrison government is so cocky they may even call it a double disillusioned election because their legislative program has been blocked by a hostile Senate. So we're in for interesting times when Parliament sits, but I think that will be the final composition of the Australian Senate because the last seat in Queensland was determined, I think, yesterday, almost a month after the election, and that went to Senator Walter's from Queensland. So we've got 35 Liberal National Party senators, 26 Liberal, uh, 26 ALP senators, nine Green senators which makes 35 on each side. Then we've got an Australian Conservative senator who will almost always vote with the government, the Morrison government. Divided One Nation senators, two who'll always always vote with the government, which gives them a total of 38. And remember, the magic number is 39. And on the other side of the ledger, the other three senators, we've got two from the Centre Alliance from South Australia and one from uh, Jackie Lambie Network from Tasmania. Now, people say, why does Tasmania, with a population of about 550,000, have the same number of senators as New South Wales, which is a population of over 7 million? It's very simple. Australia is a federation. Before 1901, when Australia achieved nominal independence from Great Britain, each state was asked to vote on whether they wanted to become federated into one nation. And the sweetener was, in order to ensure that people voted for federation, is that Irrespective of the size of a state, it would have the same number of senators in the Senate. As far as the House of Representatives was concerned, well, it's based on population numbers. But as far as the Senate was concerned, it was based on state boundaries. So that's the type of government we now have. So let's see what happens in the next few months Because the government does not enjoy an automatic majority in the upper house, in the Senate, in the federal parliament. Yeah, but big problems. Headwinds coming up. Headwinds. Because without wage growth irrespective of interest rates dropping to almost nothing that is reserve bank interest rates let's not forget the privately owned banks always love to add 2 3 4% to interest rates for mortgages and then if you take out a personal loan it goes to 9 10% and then if you're in the unhappy position of having a, a, some type of credit card it's 20% and 21% and those percentages never seem to decrease you know never seem to decrease What a joke. You give somebody a credit card, you charge them 20% interest, irrespective of what the Reserve Bank interest rate is, whether it's 1%, half a percent, you know, you continue. And if it goes up, you add another percentage. That's called usury in the old days. Usury, you know. But there's no debate about that, is there? Although, you know, there are some companies that have low-fee credit cards. Then they've got charges on top of that. It goes on and on. So, all those small business people who fought the Morrison government was going to save their bacon, it ain't going to happen. Tax cuts will occur. Tax cuts have no effect on people on social security benefits because their wage doesn't increase. And a tax cut of $20 to $30 a week can be significant, most of it's going to be gobbled up by increased energy charges or people try to catch up with their mortgage repayments or try to catch up with uh, increased rental payments because the tragedy is that as the number of people who are not able to buy increases and because there's no viable uh, large-scale public housing sector, rents go up. And landladies and landlords enjoy their uh, gains. That's the way it goes in this world. That's the nature of uh, corporate capitalism. So that's what we will be seeing. So what does it mean for us? What does it mean for you and me? Well, it means a lot of things. It means that the next three years are not going to be easy. With government passing more more and more legislation which restricts what you can do and say and with the moral outrage which occurs which we see on a daily basis when somebody opens their mouth and airs an unpopular opinion you begin to understand the type of pressure we will come under and although the government guild at ABC has been fighting a rearguard battle over the next last few years that Battle is now lost. It is lost. The ABC is nothing is becoming nothing more than a mouthpiece for the federal government. Because the difference between community radio, especially the station I broadcast from, and the Australian Broadcasting Corporation is the fact that that we do not rely on government grants to broadcast. Now, many community radio stations rely on government grants, which basically makes them slaves of the government of the day. And the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, apart from SBS, which has advertising, is fully funded by the federal government. And the federal government has been putting financial pressures on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in order to neuter them. They don't want programs of the calibre of Four Corners. Unfortunately, most of the so-called even-handed, you know, Political programs, political commentary programs have now become bare shadows of what they were. We saw the news broadcasting service in terms of analysis, current affairs, especially on radio, knock back from an hour to a half an hour. Extraordinary. So, what you do is the way you geld the community, the way you geld the government ABC is very simple. You decrease the budget. You appoint a board which supports the Government of the Day and the Government of the Day's initiative, which mouths the idea of um, press freedom. You allow people from the private sector, private media sector, Uh, you are employing more and more of those people within the Australian Broadcasting Corporation to change the culture of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation to make it more friendly to conservative and reactionary forces in this country. So what we are seeing today is not just the dumbing down of the ABC, but what we are seeing is the beheading, the liquefying, of a news station in terms of radio, television and all the various, you know, worldwide web platforms which can provide a diversity of opinion which now is so straitjacketed, it does not provide that diversity of opinion. And that's what makes community radio across this country so important. So keep listening to The Anarchist World this week. Broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Descone. I've been hosting today's program. Now don't forget, if you live in Victoria, if you live in Melbourne, the Public Housing Everybody's Vigil begins at one minute past midnight on Friday morning. That's right, in the dark. It's cold and windy and dark. And it ends at one minute to midnight on Saturday morning. It's the whole of the 21st of June, which is the winter solstice. And if you want to come in a costume, turn up. It is the winter solstice. It was the pagan festival, which welcomed in the spring. Because the shortest day of the year became long, uh, um, uh, started to lengthen, we knew that spring was around the corner. So come along, join us, make public housing everybody's business. My Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, or just Joseph Toscano. You can go to the uh, YouTube channel, Public Interest before Corporate Interest, Twitter stream, PIB P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can leave messages on 39 395 489. You can talk to me on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. One minute past midnight Friday morning. We start and we leave at one minute to midnight Saturday. Morning, okay? Come along, join us, be cold, forget about the bloody weather. It's the issue that matters. We are trying to highlight the plight of so many Australians, not just Victorians, who find themselves in a difficult situation regarding having housing security, not because they're inadequate, but because of the system we live under, which makes housing. a commodity which is used to enrich investors and pauperise the rest of us. Could you imagine all the money that would be freed into the economy if 20% of the population lived in public housing in Australia for a decade? Billions of dollars. We wouldn't have an economic crisis. All those small businesses would be rubbing their hands in glee and saying, come and buy from us. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen up to us next week. And just in case you haven't heard, 3CR, the radio station I broadcast from, podcast the program. Go to 3cr.org.au, 3cr.org.au. You want to donate, donate money for the radio phone 039 419 8377. Listen to your The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via... The Community Radio Network next week. Thank you to The Community Radio Network for broadcasting The Anarchist World this week for almost two decades. Once again, you want a different analysis, you want to get away from the government guild at ABC, listen to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via The Community Radio Network next week. <laughs> Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au